welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Kim Hutchins, and at 412, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. 412 is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Ontario. We are so excited to be able to continue to equip you through our podcast and YouTube. And today, I'm happy to have Jeremy back, and we get to chat about the subject that is close to home for me. Jeremy is on staff at Faith St. Thomas and has been a youth pastor for 19 years and the director of Feb Youth for seven years. Jeremy coaches rugby and football at Parkside Collegiate in St. Thomas and enjoys snowboarding and golfing. In this episode, we're going to chat about how to keep older students engaged. And as I mentioned, this is a great one for me. So I'm really looking forward to see what Jeremy Best has to say. Welcome, Jeremy. I'm so hey, glad Kim. that you're back. <laughs> It's nice to be able to chat again. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, this has been such a crazy year, almost two years. Yeah. <laughs> How has your youth ministry been? <laughs> Long pause, right? Gong show. Yeah. Nightmare. Uh, yeah. If I ever hear the word pivot again, <laughs> I'm going to smack someone. Um, it's been tough. Yeah. yeah like, we... It's same for everyone. Like ministry, the last year and a bit since COVID hit, has just been all about constant change. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. man, just like every time we thought we had plans in place and things were going to be good, yeah, pfft, down it's the tubes. Totally you know, like yeah. heading back to summer of 2020, and uh, we were getting ready to launch for the fall. And things that like were still relatively yeah, open, we're like still at it. And uh, so we had planned to be outside, and like yeah. so we'd, we'd found uh, two families in our church who have like kind of country properties, tons of space, mm-hmm. and uh, so we they, they're both good to host one in our junior high and one in our senior high for the entire fall. So we're gonna do bonfires and all these kind of things outside, and had space to have up to 100 people outside at the time. And the week after we launched, the government changed all the rules, uh. and then the outdoor gatherings like went down to like 20 people or something like that, and. And so we'd scrap everything. We'd work for weeks and weeks and weeks on, oh, and no. move inside. We, we were trying to go, we were trying to avoid going inside because we didn't have to deal with masks and all kinds yeah. of things. We knew our, our students had to deal with that at school all day. We're like, let's yeah. try to give them some freedom from that. Out the door. Yeah. So we had to go back inside right away. Um, that said, when we did, um, things went went well. Okay. Like when, when we were in person, things were actually good. Our our turnout was far better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. We were a bit lower on junior high than we'd usually be. Um, and parents were fairly cautious with their younger kids, understandably. Senior high was higher than we usually be. Wow. And I think hey, that was great. a result of parents, like, parents being like, just please just give them something. Yeah. Right? Like, so much of their world has just gone down the toilet. Like, just yeah. give any positive place they can be right now, just go. Yeah. And they were hungry for it. So, like, 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 even some kids that we usually only see a handful of times a year, yeah. but then they'd be gone because of hockey or basketball or whatever else. Well, all that stuff was shut down. Yeah. So then they just locked in with youth. Um, so when we were in person, things were okay. And like there was still a decent vibe there. We had to change a bunch of stuff. We had to meet in our gym instead of our youth room for yeah. distancing and do masks and all these kind of things. Um, but our students were resilient. They're like, hey, like we can do something. Let's just do yeah. it. And my volunteers were rock stars. And okay. having to come extra early to set up and, and then stay late to tear down and like, all these extra layers of things we had to do, protocols and registrations. And, yeah. and they, they're like, yep, let's just, let's just let's do just it. Let's just do it. Well, and what are some different ways that you saw volunteers or yourself, you reached out uniquely during this time? Yeah, we had to get, uh, like everybody, we had to get creative. And mm-hmm. it was neat, like early on, so my role on the Feb Youth side of things, within the first couple of weeks of everything hitting and shutting down, we were having uh, Zoom calls and conversations with other youth pastors around Ontario, mm-hmm. around the country, and saying, 
okay, what like what can we do? Right. Um, what actually what came to the table a lot was like it was it was old school stuff. It was like it was going door to doors, picking up the phone and calling kids. Like, yeah. like my, when I first started, like a big part of my ministry was like like from like three thirty to like five o'clock. Yeah. Try and make four or five phone calls every day and just call kids after school and say, hey, how was your day? Nice. Nowadays, you do that. Like if, if, some, if the phone rings, you're like, oh, no, somebody died. Like something bad right? has happened. Nobody right? so calls. Like, <laughs> so students don't want to get phone calls anymore. But like that kind of stuff started to open up again. And like yeah. we would do door drop offs and just drop off oh, like, a, like a donut or something like that. Yeah. And just stand on the porch and talk for a couple minutes, right? Yeah. Um, so those little like connection points became so huge, right? Mm-hmm. We we're doing like every time a student's birthday came along, we'd go and drop off birthday gifts and uh, just finding any way we could to connect. Mm-hmm. And then as things began to open up, we would just do like whatever whatever the restrictions allowed us, we would work right up to that. To that, yeah. Um, yeah. And we got lucky a few times over the course of the year. We were able to make some events happen throughout the year. Like we, oh, did, good. we did paintball in October. Nice. Um, which was great, and uh, first time we've done that in like a dozen years because it's usually too expensive to bother. Mm-hmm. But now it was like one of the few things that was open at the time. We're like, Let's we're going paintballing, it, right? right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> everybody went paintballing, and like, and two other times that we got events in during the year, we got them in like the day before new lockdown started. Oh man! So everything was about to close, and we were able to like we had it scheduled, and we were able to to get the things in Let's before the shutdown. So there was still a lot of positives, still a lot of good things that happened, but it was so unbelievably hard and just tiring. Yeah. Right. Like at the end of any youth, like you're just you're exhausted, and like there's that constant feeling of like there's so much more we feel like we could or should be doing, yeah. and yet you can't. And then like you're doing less than you usually would, but you're more tired than you usually would be. And that's right. 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 Now, yeah. I heard somebody define it as languishing, which I think yes. captures it well. I think it does. Um, we're just like in this state of like perpetual exhaustion, despite mm-hmm. not actually being as active as we're used to being. And um, yeah. Yeah, I'll be very glad when it's in the past, but it's been it's been something. <laughs> it's been quite the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I know today we're going to talk about how to engage older students, and I think that this yeah. is a topic that hits home for me. Right, it's very personal, as well as anyone who is working in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Right, everyone is wondering what do we do to engage those older students. Sure, and I mean it's it's been the challenge since uh, as long as youth ministry been, been a thing. This has been an issue, and even if you go down to kids' ministry, um, the issue of keeping the students who are on the top end of whatever age spectrum mm-hmm. locked into the existing program is tough because they start to see themselves in the next. Yes. Right, so yeah. if, you're, if your kids' ministry ends at, say, grade five, well, those grade fives start to feel like all the stuff you do in kids' ministry well, was for little kids. Right. I'm in junior yeah. high now, right? Well, no, you're not, not for another year, but <laughs> mentally, they've already made that yeah. leap. They're Part excited. That's good. Yeah, they're excited, yeah. that's yeah. good. So you want them to be, to be excited and ready to move yeah. on to the next thing. Then the grade eights feel like, I'm not in junior high anymore. I mean, by the time, like, we find by the time, like, March break hits, yeah. our grade eights, in their mind, they're high school kids. They've, mm. they've done orientation, they picked their courses a lot by then, like, yeah. and like so they are they're out of elementary school. They're in high school now, and yeah. so junior high is like, like no, I'm out, right? Yeah. And then senior high is the same thing. Well, then senior high tends to start happening a bit earlier. So by the time we kind of hit grade eleven, uh, students start to check out, mm-hmm. and so it, it's just always been an issue um, that we've yeah. had to wrestle with. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, do you think like what's going on during that time for older youth? Like what what are some of the reasons that they're dropping out? Yeah, I, like I'm, I'm sure for as many kids as you could find, you could find as many reasons. Mm-hmm. But yeah. some of the ones that <laughs> I, I find coming up over and over again, I hear one statement I hear every single year, and I've heard as long as I've been in youth ministry, inevitably a grade 12 will walk in on the first night of youth and go, man, the grade nines just keep getting smaller. Yeah. <laughs> Which 
if that was true, they'd be like microscopic yeah. by now. But it, it's their way of saying they're like, I feel really old here now. Yeah, suddenly. It's right, like, like it just feels like so when when there's no longer anybody above them. Yeah. Like, to like kind of look up to, all of a sudden they're like, oh, like this doesn't, it just doesn't. Yeah, hit it the same for fit them. the same. Mm -hmm. You know, so they, they feel that, that responsibility a bit now, and they like and there's no one else to like, for lack of a better term, to aspire to, mm -hmm. no group to reach up towards. Some students just kind of feel like, oh, well, maybe this isn't this isn't the place I want to be now. Yeah. Um, a lot of kids don't care about that. Some of them enjoy being on top of the pile, but there is that that sense of like also when when you're at the the top end of it. Mm -hmm. Everything starts to feel a bit younger. And like if, if they've been in your youth ministry the whole time, they've done all the retreats, they've done your events, they've heard all your best stories and teaching analogies, right? So they, they've yeah. been there, they done that a bit. They know what you're going to say. Yeah, like I just finished out with a group of grade 12 guys this year that I've had in my, a small group since they were in junior high, Yeah. right? There's like, I tried to, to keep my teaching fresh in, in variety. They knew every story before it was coming, right? Oh, and they, they gave me a hard time. Or even just like, not even like stories I've said before, but even like, like my way of saying something, they're like, oh, yeah, we could tell exactly where you're going with that. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm like, well, at least you were listening, I guess. Yeah. They're, they're only listening to make fun of me later. But <laughs> it, was, it was something. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take anything. You know? So it, it's going to be it's gonna be a challenge when they, if they've been in your ministry for six or seven years, if they've been yeah. all the way through junior high, that it's going to begin to feel a bit like old hat. So that's mm -hmm. one challenge for sure. Um, the second is like the classic excuse, so I've got work. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I, like when we were in high school, I don't know if you would have felt the same, but like um, it seemed like in our in our era, like students wouldn't start looking for work until grade eleven or grade twelve. Yeah, like, I think I later high school. Yeah, I started working, but it was I had my evenings free, hmm. right, so I could go to youth and volunteer sure. and stuff like that. But yeah, 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 we didn't really other than babysitting. Yeah, and like, yeah. and uh, and even then, like, and sports weren't as aggressive. So, like, there was no. definitely travel sports, all kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, it didn't take not, the same amount of time. Not the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, we have like, of my grade twelve guys, every single one of them was working. Mm -hmm. Most of them working at least twenty hours a week. Yeah. Some of them more. Some of them working overnight. Like wow. they're going to school through the day, they're home for supper, and they're going in at work, going to work like sometimes at midnight, oh working overnight, going to school back in the morning. Wow. Like that's that's bonkers. Yeah. Right. Some of them working full time hours. Some of them were managers at stores and things like that. Like, which good, good for you. Right. But like, yes. But their schedule is legitimately packed, yeah. and they're on you know they're on academic track. A lot of them are in our area. A lot of them do French immersion. Mm -hmm. um, so like their academic work is pretty heavy. Like their mm -hmm. homework load is way heavier than it was in our day. Yeah. Um, which is a whole other conversation we could have sometime. <laughs> um, you know, so they're really busy. So like for them to prioritize youth is going to take a particular effort mm -hmm. right it's not likely that they just happen to have all those nights free no they're going to have to want to decide to free them mm -hmm. to come um that's not always going to be easy um but it can be done yeah to, at least for a chunk of them um the third reason i find is that like they say like you get them saying well it's boring mm. Which is more often than not code for something else. Mm -hmm. So the ones who say it's boring are usually the students who have been or maybe still are being forced to go by mom and dad. Okay. Right. And so like their way of trying to get out from underneath that obligation is just by saying they don't like it. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, I mean, it's fully possible that your ministry is it boring, could be and you boring. Sh you should yeah. investigate that, right? <laughs> maybe and you, just you, and you should be like, check. yeah, you should be having conversations <laughs> with your students, saying, hey, like, yeah, do, right? like, do you like the do things like we're doing? It. What what could be yeah. like? Absolutely, have those conversations, yeah. but. Um, it's not unusual for that excuse to be just an excuse that like, yeah. you know, they don't want to be there or like, I mean, like 
by the time they get to 16, 17, 18 years old, mm -hmm. um, hopefully they've started individuating their faith. They've decided if they're going to make their faith their own. Mm -hmm. Some of them have just decided that Christianity isn't their game mm -hmm. and they don't want to be a part of the church. They might have to because of family, um, but they don't want to be there and mm -hmm. they'd rather be at a party or they'd just rather be at home playing video games or whatever else. So um, they're going to try and find a way to make their experience there uncomfortable enough to where their parents or you don't want them there anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And they cannot come. And that's, we have to, at some level, make some peace with that. Yeah. That just like with adults, there's going to be people who just, this isn't where they want to be. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't, you know, we don't slam the door on them. We want to try and keep those uh, conversations and those relationships open as best we can. But, mm -hmm. like, not everyone is going to follow, right? Yeah. And not everyone's going to want to continue to be discipled. So we have to, at some level, be able to say, Okay, like that's, they have to make their choice at some point. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, extraordinarily, especially when you've already put years so, of that work yeah, into them, right? Yeah, and yeah. for what about those that are staying, like what can you do uh, to engage with them, right? They have decided they're still going to keep coming out, but what, how do you keep it fresh or what do you do? Yeah, so I mean, first off, like, like internally first, like make that peace and say, like, like some are going to walk away. We're going to be okay with that. We're going to try to keep a relationship open. And like mm -hmm. with students who've, who have no desire of coming to youth, I'm okay with that. I get yeah. Mostly. Yeah. So it's trying to take a person <laughs> or whatever, right? But like I still try and keep them in, in a loop, right? And yeah. they stay in the group chat or like you send them a text every now and again or show up to the game and let them know like, like my standard line often is like, you know, like I don't care if you come to youth, which isn't entirely true, but like I just care about you. Yeah. And if you need anything, you need to talk, you need some help, reach out anytime. Mm -hmm. A lot of times those stories still come back around. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's six months or six years later, I've sat down with kids in their mid-20s that I haven't talked to since they were 16. Wow. Right? Which, like, and by no virtue of anything other than, you know, I'm still there, right? Yeah. And they come back home for Christmas or something like that, and they're like, oh, hey, like, <laughs> like can we get coffee? <laughs> sure. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, Trust God, trust his sovereignty, trust his, his Holy Spirit to work in kids' lives. And, like, you know, the, the story we see at 16 or 17, 18, mm -hmm. where we're like, man, they're not coming back from this. Nah, just you wait. Mm -hmm. You know, like, God has a way, and sometimes his ways are not ours, and his timeline is almost never ours. Right. So be patient, and uh, from your end, try and keep those conversations open because they might come back. Mm -hmm. You know? But when you're talking practically, okay, like, yeah, so like when we're looking at the actual, we we're looking at the, within the actual ministry, what can we do to actually help these senior students stay locked in? Um, one thing that comes to mind is try to create aspects of your ministry that are unique to them. Mm -hmm. So that are only, this is maybe the wrong way to say it, only accessible to grade 12. So things that are specifically designed only for your senior students. Okay. Um, a few things that, that we've done over the years, uh, some with high success, some with lower. Um, we did uh, like a kickoff night, like in the end of the summer, yeah. just with the senior kids. Get them together oh, cool. for a bonfire, go for dinner, or something like that. Yeah. And, just, and for me, it's just a way of saying, hey, this is your senior year, yeah. and here's what's important this year for you, and here's how we want to help you this year, and, and here's how you can help us. Like, like your engagement really makes the ministry stronger. You guys set the culture. You guys set mm -hmm. the tempo now. Um, we'd really love your help in that. Oh yeah, that's and a lot a of kids will pick idea. that and say, "Okay, okay," yeah. and that can that can shift their their focus away from the of just like, "Okay, I'm no longer just attending now." Mm -hmm. I can start to actually kind of shape this, and like, like my grade twelve guys this year, um, <laughs> like they like they're almost never going to come to events. Um, 
They're not <laughs> the most like spiritually inclined guys. They're good dudes and they're they're searching, but most of them aren't like passionately following Jesus. Yeah. But they really love small group because they've been together for so long and like they're buddies and all kind of stuff. Yeah. But they got that piece of like, oh hey, like we have some influence here. And so like if there were games, like they're they're never gonna come on stage to do a game beforehand. Right. But they would sit in the audience and clap and laugh and egg kids on on stage. Yeah. No, no, they're like, because they wanted to be helpful. Also, they're like, we could see you were struggling up there, man. So we wanted to help out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, thank you. You know, but so like, so they got it. As, they get that. So they're like, yeah, we yeah. can we can have a role here. And they they would be the ones to to clean up and hang and like, and like they knew like they wouldn't try to push rules. And if other kids were being dorks, they'd be like, stop it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they can help you set that culture if you give them that, a little bit of responsibility. So one of the things we did, um, I have like a course I run with, with students in different years. We, we call it the college prep course. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a Bible study that we did just with them. Okay. And, and did it different, in different ways, right? Where it's yeah. like sometimes might do it like, hey, we're going to meet once a month over the course of the year. Or we did, you know, like five nights in a row, one week. Or, or like you can structure it however. But like, mm-hmm. like, hey, here's an aspect of teaching and community where we just want to get you guys together. Yeah. Right. Make something different for them. Uh, it all depends on what your ministry looks like and how big and all these kind of things. Like, it might be that, you know, let's say like if you have if small groups are a big part of your ministry, maybe grade 12 is a year where instead of having the grade 12 guys and grade 12 girls separate, that they all come into one group. And that's mm-hmm. unique to the senior students. Or maybe you're offering them completely something different. Mm-hmm. Um, something we started doing is like we invite some or some of our grade 12s, not all of them because they're not all ready, to be junior high leaders. Okay. All right, that's so that's a, that's a door that opens for the students who are in that place, right? Yeah. Um, and so being able to serve in that environment is huge. And as a 40-year-old youth pastor, I need the younger ones to go and actually play the games because I don't want to run along no. with the 11-year-olds <laughs> anymore, anymore, right? <laughs> um, just create those spaces where they can have something that's only available yeah. to them. And, yeah, like, there's so much that would be, so many variables depending on the size and scope of your ministry, all those kind of things. But think, in our context, what are some things we can do that would be specific to grade 12s? Mm-hmm. Um, a grad trip that was something we've had some success with over okay. the years. Actually, one of the first times I was at this building here at Faith yeah. was uh, we did, <laughs> uh, we've done a few dumb ones over the years. The, the first one we ever did was <laughs> we went and swam in all five Great Lakes in one day. Oh, my um, goodness, which in was one day? In one day. That was a lot of driving. <laughs> Super duper fun, though. Um, and then the next year with my graduating guys, we did, um, we called it the Let It Flow Tour. And we went and peed <laughs> off of waterfalls. And uh, we came back, this was back when uh, Jordan Mason was youth pastor here back yeah. then. And uh, yeah, Jordan just let us crash here for the night. Oh, my As we were goodness. coming back down, we'd come up through across Manitoula and, and through St. Yeah. Marie and come back down. But um, just finding, like, dumb things to do, right? And, yeah, like, something um, different, unique. Yeah, you know, or, or maybe it's, like, it's an annual trip. It's, it's a cottage you go to or a place, like, or a, treat, a trip that you do every year that the seniors know that yeah. this is just for them. I, I have a buddy out west who's, like, Takes his kids to Disneyland in California every, like every year, oh the grade goodness. twelve. Yeah. That's like a large scale yes. one, right? Yeah. Um, you know, but it doesn't have to be that big either. One of the best trips we ever did was we did a cottage for two days, mm-hmm. just at somebody's property at NBC, and like this that was two thousand like twelve. Those mm-hmm. students still talk with that. Oh, really? They're in their late twenties now. Wow. Said, that was one of the best weekends of our high school. Like, oh my goodness. You know, so it, it's not. It's less about what it is and yeah. more about having something that's just theirs. Yeah, and planning ahead, right? Because you do it's have huge. to work on their schedules. Yeah, that's that's a so. massive thing. Is and um, two other things you can do in terms of like in planning your ministry. So planning ahead, mm-hmm. um, because they have work and they have exams. Like, like, be very aware of what the school calendar looks like. Yeah. Like, where do, where are midterms going to fall for them? When are they, when are exams coming? Mm-hmm. All these kind of things and balancing your youth schedule accordingly. So, yeah. like, give them some slack or just don't expect them to be there in those times, right? Mm-hmm. Or shut youth down. Um, and also we talked about um, 
we've tried a lot to streamline our ministry. Okay. Almost everything we do in senior high happens on a Wednesday night. Okay. We don't, like, I mean, like, when I came with the youth group, we had... It was weekends, uh, right? Well, we had, we, had, we had open gym on Tuesday night. Yeah. We had uh, small groups on Wednesday night. We had events almost every Friday night. Yeah. Then there was Sunday school on Sunday mornings, mm -hmm. and then, like, every now and again, there'd be stuff after this. Yeah, the I think on mine Sunday was nights. very similar. It was almost you know? every night you could find something to do with Pretty the youth, much, right? Yeah. Right? Um, we could do that now. Kids yeah. aren't going to come. No. It's, right, yeah. or you'll get a pocket of kids that'll come to each one, and then a handful that will do everything. Yeah, right. That will make make their life the youth group. But most students are going to pick one place. Yeah. Um, so what we found, and especially what our old students have appreciated, is that we used to do, you know, Wednesday nights was like our, our group, like that was worship teaching small groups, and then we do events on the weekends. Yeah. Event attendance was up and down all over yeah. the place. We started moving a few of them onto Wednesday nights, and heard over and over again from our senior students. We like it. we like it on Wednesday night. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I, I'm like, do you guys don't feel like you're getting cheated out of having another night? They're like, yeah. They're like, no. This way we can we know we can make it because we like they've okay. arranged to have work booked off on Wednesday nights. They're okay. like, that's the night we keep free. That's the night we we told the soccer coach you can't come to soccer. That's the night I told my the one night of the week they've told their boss that they can't mm -hmm. work is Wednesday. And so if we if we stick to that, then their attendance is very regular. And we still okay. do a couple like we have a few retreats to do over the course of the year. Um, we typically, you know, in typical times, we do house parties once a month yeah. on a Sunday night. Sunday nights tend to be pretty quiet, at least in, in our area. Yeah, I think um, they are here too. You know, right? see, and yeah. like a lot, it comes down to your community, right? And what's mm -hmm. like your particular context. If you have a lot of students who are involved in a certain sport or, or, or community group that you just learn, like, I need to know what they're doing and what that, yeah. what that calendar looks like and work around it. Like you figure out the, the particularities of your, of your church and your community. Yeah, do you find um, coaching helps you to understand that better? Yeah, because I, I know the school calendar, school. right? And, yeah. like, and like, so like one thing for us, like Friday nights would never work for us um, because like in our area, like especially through the fall, like Friday night lights, football is a thing. Mm -hmm. Most of our kids don't play football, only a handful of them do, but the football game is where most of them will go on Friday night right. as like the thing they do before they go and do something, right? Right, Because people are going to be there, so they meet there, they hang out there, then they go out and, and go to whatever yeah. they can do after. So it wouldn't make any sense to schedule things on Friday nights, even though some parents who grew up in youth group in the 80s and stuff like, we used to do events every Friday night, and that was <laughs> it was so good back then. You're like, that was that was all it right. was it but, was yeah. good back then. Yeah, but <laughs> it, times are different. You know? So yeah. that streamlining has definitely definitely helped in the long term okay. planning. Like, so if they like our grade twelve students are usually happy and want to be part of the retreats, mm -hmm. they need to know months in advance. So oh yeah. If you're, if you're planning on on a shoestring and you're get, and you're getting things out just weeks in advance, they're not gonna be able to pull it off. No. Um, this year has been an exception to that where like I found this year we've had to plan short term mm -hmm. and we just, I basically just asked our parents and said like hey this year we're not going to be releasing year long calendars we're not going to be even releasing a quarter of time yeah. as, as regulations it's change I will give you as much notification as I can yeah. but expect that you're going to hear about events two to three weeks ahead yeah. and like, yeah, we, like for now we understand that yeah. once this is done then we will like, I'm hoping for this fall that I'll be able to roll out my whole year long calendar yeah. and be in a much more stable place in my own mind <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes circumstances dictate you have to do something different. Yeah. But. Yeah, and a lot of people who are watching or joining us are volunteers. Mm -hmm. So what could you say to encourage those that are serving in youth ministry, um, especially with the older, like, the older kids, yeah. the older youth that are there? Yeah, when you're working with older kids, like, man, just keep pouring energy into them mm -hmm. and keep those lines of communication open because their worlds are changing really quickly, often in ways they don't fully comprehend at the moment. Yeah. Um, like their worldview is being formed and they're dealing with most of them a lot of anxiety about uh, not only finishing high school, but about launching into what's next. You know, am I going to go to college? Am I going to go to university? Am I going to get the mark to get the program I want to get to? They have this 
existential dread about making decisions that they think mm. are going to like last the next 60 years of their life. Yeah. Which I try to talk them out of. I try to like, maybe I'm saying like, you know, you don't have to have your life figured out at 18 or you 17. Yeah. Um, even if you think you do, you're likely wrong. Um, I can count on one hand the number of students who like had, you know, had their career picked out at 17 who actually went into that career. Yeah. Almost everybody goes into college and graduates with one thing, but does something else or switches programs right? or whatever. Yeah, like it changes. That's and they they've they say uh, statistically now that like students coming into the workforce now will have at least eight different careers, yeah. right? And that's, like not jobs in the same field, but like complete total switches. Mm -hmm. Like so, I'm like do your work in school, keep your doors open. So take the courses that are going to prop the doors open, so you can walk through whatever you want to later. Take your maths and take your sciences. Um, find something you, you're interested in doing, pursue it. If you hate it, change. That's yeah. okay. I know right? it's not the end of the world. Yeah, but but for them it feels like it is because it, like it's like their entire educational journey. Like, well, like, you get through elementary school, you get through high school, get through high school to go to college. But for college, you have to pick a track, to pick a career, and that career is going to be your life. That's going to dictate how much money you're having, where you're going to live, where you're going to be. And, like, and it's just like, it all snowballs yeah, right yeah. into these few months of grade twelve. Um, so it's it feels like there's an immense amount of pressure. Yeah. So if you can say, hey, it's going to be okay. Um, and walking beside them through that, they, it can feel like they've detached. It can feel like they're not as interested. I mean, the reality is that they're just processing a lot. Mm -hmm. And even like the minimal presence you might feel like you have can still be hugely significant. Okay. Right? Like the, the text you send, even if they don't respond, say, hey, I'm praying for you today. Yeah. All right. The time you take to go and grab a lunch or to show up to the ball game or like whatever, those little moments speak volumes mm. and do an, an infinite amount of work of keeping those relationship doors open, even with ones you. Even with those students, you're like, I don't feel like, I, I don't know if I've made much of a connection. But like, I can speak for myself, like, you know, 20 plus years out of my own youth ministry experience now, mm -hmm. I can tell you each and every time when my youth leaders showed up to one of my baseball or football games when I was a kid. Wow. Right? I remember, I remember conversations I had over lunch with my youth leader, Ron, when I was 14. Wow, that's amazing. Right? Because they didn't yeah. happen a lot, but the ones that did were significant and they yeah. spoke a lot. You know, so yeah. like, I remember our, our youth leader, Jim, like telling us how he met his wife. Because like when we, were, we refused to go to bed during snow camp. Yeah. We're like, tell us a bedtime story. We're, like, we're 17. Yeah. He's like, you guys are, you guys are dorks. We're like, just tell us how you met Beth. He's like, fine. Right? <laughs> but like the fact that he like, you know, he shared humored that. us a little bit and then shared yeah. a part of like that meant something. Yeah. And to him probably felt like he's like, guys, it's two in the morning. I just need to go to sleep. <laughs> Right, yeah, so it probably felt this like extremely annoying, yeah. but those things all matter. So like those, yeah. those, the reaching out you're doing, the effort you're putting in, it's making an impact. It's not always going to feel like it, but it's making a huge difference. Yeah. Right, and yeah. you can keep having an influence in these kids' lives, even if you don't feel like it's been huge. Yeah, that's so good. And I'm also thinking about parents, parents who have older youth at home. Um, what's the thing you could say to encourage them that would help them as they try to encourage their youth, right, to mm -hmm. attend church or or to, you know, take next steps. Yeah, like, try to take some of the school pressure off of them. Mm -hmm. um, they're getting it from all angles, and, I, and our instinct as parents is, again, we want our kids to succeed, and so the, the instinct is there to push, and some kids need that more than others, and they need to be pushed to get the homework done, all kind of stuff. You don't want to let them do nothing, um, but try and let, like, your presence in your home be a place where they can say, okay, it's okay to breathe, mm -hmm. and things are gonna be okay, Right, yeah. especially if we if we talk like we mentioned like in the previous uh, conversation we had about um, by the time kids get to sixteen, hopefully your your relationship with with your student your, with your kids is just shifting yeah. into more of an advisor, mm -hmm. or you can start to help them process and see, hey, like look, the the bad mark in this test is not the end of the world, right? Like I know I have, I have some kids in our our group that are so driven, oh, so really? like so like any like failure feels huh. like. 
catastrophe because they like they're so bent on succeeding, right? Yeah. Um, so for some kids, like, as parents, we need to be able to say, "Okay, hey, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to bounce back from this. It's fine, right?" And um, other kids are going to need a bit more of like a, a whip to the tail. That's yeah. fine. Like you know your kid, um, <laughs> but create that space to like to help them process and breathe, mm-hmm. um, and encourage them to seek positive stuff, right? And in positive interactions. So like say, "Hey, like yeah, youth ministry might feel different now, but there's still something for you to." to gain out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it shifts from that role of like, and I would say don't force them to it. If they're dead set against it, um, by the time they hit like 16, 17, if you're forcing them to, uh, whether it's participate in sports or go to youth, all kind of stuff, you're working against yourself at that yeah. point because they're just going to start building up walls and they're going to decide they don't want to do it simply because you're telling them to do it. Mm, um, that is true. So at a certain point, you got to say, okay, we're just going to take the hands off here. Um, you know, if you're, if your ministry has a youth pastor, talk to them. Say, hey, would you mind reaching out? Um, you know, we're happy to. We're not like, you know, so <laughs> like, and sometimes having a person other than mom or dad talk, yeah. is much more well-received mm-hmm. than it is coming from you. So don't hesitate to reach out to the youth leaders, the youth pastor at your church and, and ask for help. Talk to other parents because yeah. like so often with parents of teens, we feel isolated like we're on an island. That's true. They all feel like that. We all feel like that. Um, so you're not alone even though we make ourselves feel alone. So talk to other parents. Say, hey, what's working? And, um, yeah, there's help out there. We're just somehow, some way with teens, we feel hesitant to seek it. Or we feel like we should know because we've had these kids in our house for 16 years. And like we should, yeah. like, well, everything in their world changed in the last couple of years. So it's it should feel weird and different and hard, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but just don't be afraid to go and seek out the help because there are people mm-hmm. out there that can help you. Which is so good. And I mean, and as a parent, it's your first time having a 16 year old or right, 18 yeah. year old, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah we, I, I talked to like, our old uh, students in our youth group, I'm like, if you're the oldest, Remember, like, you're the guinea pig. Your parents yeah. are testing all these things. Everything that you go through for the first time, <laughs> they're experiencing it for the first time. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, We're yeah. all like, in so like, for the first time. <laughs> you, you started high school. They started high school with you. And they're yeah. going, I don't know how to do this. That's you true. Know, yeah. But. Yeah, that's so good. Jeremy, thank you so much. Yeah, happy this, to be here. Yeah, Thanks, Kim. Fantastic chat. And I think it will be so encouraging for all of those that are volunteering serving, leading volunteers, and parents that have older youth. And I hope that we'll see a change in the culture of our youth groups, right? So, again, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) For those joining us, I hope that you were encouraged by what Jeremy had to say about engaging older students. Show notes are available for this episode. If you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. And for those watching the video edition, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you don't miss an episode. Also hop onto the discussion by following us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at 412 Canada. Looking forward to next time. Thanks for joining us.